When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in, hour number two, Tuesday edition. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. I am Clay Travis. He is Buck Sexton. It is the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Encourage you all to go subscribe to the podcast. You can give us five stars. We still got to read some of your reviews. We will get to those, I promise. That way you can make sure you never miss anything. Coming up in the next hour, we are going to be joined by Senator Ted Cruz of Texas. You've already heard us talking about a lot of COVID madness and man that uh, that I would say two by four that Rand Paul has been taking to Dr. Fauci, Senator Rand Paul from Kentucky. He's going to join us on tomorrow's program. We'll be talking about this in greater detail. But all of this, and we're going to play several clips for you, ties in with a larger theme, which is distrust. I'm not sure in either of our lives, Buck, there has ever been less trust in people of authority, in large institutions. In fact, Gallup has essentially confirmed that. Gallup does a survey of the most trusted sources out there. And the two least trusted in all of America were Congress and the news media. The media in general, so incredibly untrustworthy. I know for you and I, Buck, one reason why we've grown audiences the way we have is not because everybody agrees with every single opinion that we have, but because there's so much inauthenticity, there's so much lying out there. And I would argue one of the biggest and most consistent liars is a guy on CNN named Brian Stelter. Would you agree with that, that he is one of Exhibit A on a guy that really, to my knowledge, doesn't have a fan base? Like, I don't even know how this guy's on on television. Excuse me, sir. (laughs) Jeff Zucker is a big fan, and there are hundreds and hundreds of people who are stuck in airports across America at any given time and have to watch unreliable sources. 
I, I, you know, there's some people on television who you think, okay, I can see how that guy or that girl's on television. They're really good looking. They convey information in an incredible way. I mean, I don't know about you, Buck, but the first couple of times I did television, you have no idea what you're doing. And it's incredibly difficult to look comfortable when you're doing something that is profoundly uncomfortable, especially if, and I remember on uh, back in the day, when you have a full body shot, it's like Talladega Nights. You don't know what to do with your hands. The first time I was ever in a television studio, I had a full body shot, you know, where the camera's like looking at my entire body. I'm like, I don't know what to do with my hands. I don't know how to stand. Like you start questioning every aspect of your biochemistry. And there's a ton of people, and I'm sure you've seen this, who can be great in the so-called green room where you're sitting waiting to go on television. You're having an incredible conversation. Person's engaging. They walk 100 yards down the hallway. As soon as they get mic'd and as soon as the bright lights come on, they look like they're filming a hostage video. Television is an art, and there are people who are really good at it. This dude doesn't seem to be one of them to me. Well, it's it's true that that uh, television is a skill, and if you've ever seen somebody who tries to even read a prompter who's never done it before, doesn't matter oh, yeah. how smart you are, how much you read, if you haven't actually done that, chances are you're going to be you're going to be in a bad place uh, with the first time you do it. Well, look, wh- why? Here's the real issue with Stelter. All right, the, the, the problem because you know I I don't get into. You know, if if ladies out there want to have a Stelter calendar on their wall, that's their call. I don't judge whatever somebody wants. You know, that's cool. I'm not, I don't poke fun at that stuff or I don't, I don't go there. That's whatever. The problem with Brian Stelter is that he thinks of himself as the guardian of media truth at CNN, right. which is an organization devoted to the fundamental lie that they're engaged in nonpartisan, unbiased news gathering and dissemination. They are an instrument of Democrat Party propaganda, fake tapper all the way on down to the ones who are actually saying that they're opinion journalists. But all of them together have the same purpose, which is to support the Democrats, support the left. You know, they're more Hillary than Bernie and how they do it. Because they've got, you know, multi-million dollar houses in the Hamptons, the Upper West Side, Calorama, D.C., and wherever other fancy places the anchors all live. But at the end of the day, man, Stelter's there to pretend that we can't all observe that the media has become warring machines of propaganda and partisanship. This notion of the neutral media and CNN as a gold standard of it. You, you cannot be informed and honest and believe this anymore. But Stelter's job is to be like the Baghdad Bob, so to speak, of the unbiased media. Like the invasion's not actually happening. The bombs that are going off behind me, you're not seeing those, which is why I like to make fun of him. And this clip of all the people to call him out on his own show, Michael Wolf, who has written several books over the years, this one, the most recent one, is about the end days, I think, of the Trump administration. And he, so he's out promoting a book. And I don't know whether he just finally had done so many interviews that he was just finally done with it. And like he didn't give any, any, any Fs, for lack of a better way of saying it. But this thing goes off the rails. And I want you guys to listen uh, to Brian Stelter and, uh, and Michael Wolf as things on CNN got uncomfortable in a hurry. That's what Trump does. He has spent most of his administration seeing people on television and immediately right. calling them. Well, maybe that's how uh, it works but sometimes. I, I don't huh? want you to think. Is that how it works? That's how you got access? I, but I, 
Yeah, but I don't. Yeah, but I don't want you to think that 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 what I said at that point was in any way inauthentic. I think the media has done a terrible job on this. I think you yourself, you know, why you're a nice guy. You know, you're full of sanctimony. You know, you become part of one of the parts of the problem of the media. You know, you come on here and you and you have a um, you know a monopoly on truth. You know, you know exactly how things are supposed to be done. You know, you are why one of the reasons people can't stay on the media. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're cracking me up. It's your fault. I, it's, it's, it is actually hilarious because it's true. I also like the little shot he takes. Is that how you get access? You know, he's sort of trying to do the, you're not a real journo. You're trade. CNN trades truth for access every day and twice on Sunday. They could care less. It's absurd. But what do you, so... Do you think Wolf, because, you know, his whole thing is some people say he gets the great scoops. Other people say he's a fabulous. Do you have do you have a clear opinion on it? Because I'm I, I, I the stuff is entertaining, but sometimes I'm like, that quote seems a little too perfect. Well, the way that all these books are written is fundamentally artificial. And let me explain what I mean by that. I have written several books uh, and part of books is you have to recreate conversations to the best of your ability that have already taken place. And it's not like you, unless you're Nixon, it's not like you were sitting there reviewing a transcript. So what you are claiming to do is do the re- the recollections to the best of your ability. Here's the thing when it comes to political books with all these extensive quotes in there. People who are telling you what was said are often telling you what was said. One, the way that they remember it, which is often untrue. But two, they are doing it in a way that makes them look better. So I do think people tell him stories. I think trying to figure out what the truth is of those stories is challenging. But back to Stelter, one of the things I think is interesting about him, it's one thing, like, does he have any fan base? Are there, I understand sometimes when people are like, oh, I really dislike Rachel Maddow, right? Somebody could say that. Or I really dislike Tucker Carlson. But there are people who really love Rachel Maddow and really love Tucker Carlson, right? Like, whether you like them or not yourself, they are talented enough that they have created specific audiences for themselves based on their opinion-based programming, which is a talent, right? Well, you, you do have in legacy media, but what you're saying is, is undoubtedly and provably true. There are a lot of people who watch Maddow and clearly a lot of people who watch Tucker and, and love them both for the reason that they watch. And there are other hosts within those networks who also yes. have real audience, massive real pull, audiences. And that's and that's the reality of it in legacy media institutions of which CNN, you'd put pretty high up on the list. I mean, it's the original cable news channel and legacy media institutions, the executives can decide they like someone and give that person a show. I mean, I'll never forget before he broke the big Weinstein story, the biggest joke ever and uh, the biggest joke ever in cable news was the show. Actually, Cameron Farrow show Ronan Farrow show. They gave it to him. The guy had like interned at the State Department for three months and they're like, oh, he's, a, he's, you know, did really well in school. I mean, it was like the high school kid with a lemonade stand who's given a cable news. Now, later, he went on Pulitzer Prize and everyone's going to go, oh, but he did great journalism. I understand that. But the kid didn't earn the cable news show that he had. But the people within NBC and its parent company, et cetera, wanted to give him a show. So they did. It flopped. So that does happen. But I, I still think the biggest problem with Stelter is that he's like the chief propagandist of unbiased news and even beyond that, that journalism 
is a thing that is broadly practiced in America. That is a to, to your Gallup statistic from the beginning of, of this uh, this chat we're having, Clay. That's a lie. There's not a lot of journalism. There's a lot of a lot of projection, opinion and politicking under the guise of journalism. And the people that won't admit that, I think, are at the very front, uh, forefront of the problem. Do you think, do you buy my thesis that one of the major issues that CNN has, and we can unpack this a little bit more if we want to when we come back in the next segment, but one of the main issues that CNN has is unlike MSNBC or uh, Fox News, where you have a connection to the opinion programming host, I don't think there are lots of people who are dyed-in-the-wool Chris Cuomo fans or Don Lemon fans, like such that you would build your entire night or evening around them right like they seem sort of in this strange amorphous place and 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 this sort of scenario when you really look at it with brian stelter i legit think there isn't a single person who is a fan of his in the country he's just on television and what i'm getting at is that's hard to do it's hard to be on television and not create some form of fan base for yourself. And I think he's managed to do it. So congratulations to him. <laughs> he better invite you on his show soon. You guys need I'm to banned. Have... I'm banned from all CNN. Oh, that's right. You're I'll go on from... any show. I don't run <laughs> and hide. I mean, I got to say, I'm jealous. Life. I got to get banned. We'll come back in a second because I got some other media dishonesty that I want to dive into with all of you. But let, let's switch gears here for a second. You know, these days we're seeing a lot of news about Afghanistan and people are wondering about what happened over there. One thing we know for sure is that we had people serving and putting their lives in the line and many of them lost their lives for this country. And we have a sacred obligation to them and to their families. Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation carries forward a legacy of courage and heroism. To mark 20 years, Tunnel to Towers is gifting America's heroes and their families 200 mortgage-free homes to honor the fallen chairman and ceo frank siller walks more than 500 miles through six states in 42 days from the pentagon to shanksville culminating at ground zero on 9-11 and there are towers of light buck that are going to be returning to the pentagon and shanksville memorials in remembrance and the first time ever those we lost to 9-11 related illnesses are being honored at a ceremony on september 12th on veterans day Another first, the soldiers we lost in the war on terror having their names read aloud. The words never forget require action. Do good and take action now. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Welcome back in. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. I am Clay Travis. He is Buck Sexton. You are listening to Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Go subscribe to the podcast. By the way, media not very popular. About to play you a clip of Joy Reid. One of the reasons why the media is not very popular is maybe Joy Reid. Uh, but NBA ratings, Buck Sexton. Game 5, NBA Finals in as we have been conducting this show my theory has been for a long time, get woke, go broke. Buck, they are down 50%. I'll whisper those sweet numbers into my 50%. ear. 50%. I love it. And it's Fantastic. actually been a pretty entertaining series. You got, uh, for those of you out there who have been paying attention at all, which honestly sounds like a lot less of you than used to, uh, because the NBA went so woke politically, 50% of their viewership has disappeared compared to the last game five they played in the summer. 
They had 18 million and change uh, that watched back in 2019. And by the way, that was a Canadian team. So it wasn't even two American teams. It was the Golden State Warriors against the Toronto Raptors. Ratings were down 50% for this Game 5 between the Milwaukee Bucks and the Phoenix Suns. And you know what? I think they're trying to pretend. It's like, uh, remember when George Costanza quit his job in Seinfeld and then showed up the next day and tried to pretend that he had not? You know that's quit? based on Larry David actually doing that yes. at SNL, oh. which is amazing. It's an amazing story. And I can't wait, by the way, for the new season of Curb because I love Larry David. I think he's an absolute comedic genius. But um, the NBA now is trying to pretend that they never did this woke stuff, right? Like they've taken it all off the court. It's all off the jerseys. Nobody's saying anything political now. Partly that's probably because LeBron's got Space Jam 2 out and he's getting dunked on by Michael Jordan compared to the Space Jam 1 numbers and everything else. But I do think... That is worth uh, kind of debating and contemplating. Can I just is, ask, have you, you're not yeah. going to go see it, right? Because people that I know and trust Space Jam 2. have said that Space Jam 2 is an atrocity for the ears <laughs> and the eyeballs. <laughs> and that it is actually, I'm not somebody who believes, I'm not a snowflake, I don't melt easily, I don't believe in offense. But it is offensively bad as a waste of your time, even going obviously with your kids and the fam and the whole thing. That's how I bad think it is. we'll probably play it at some point on HBO Max in the house, but we are not. That's not a movie that I'm willing to take the family to. I'm like, we've been to Black Widow and we went to A Quiet Place too, and so I love movies. Although the movies are actually you know tanking now because nobody wants to go. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I want to make sure that we hit this Joy Reid clip, and then we'll talk about it a little bit more here in a moment. But here's Joy Reid uh, screeching on MSNBC about how Fox News wants everybody to die. When we had our show call this morning, this took up like three quarters of it, because number one, it doesn't make sense to me why the folks at that particular network, which I think yep. we all know who we mean, sure. would want to kill their own viewers. Their viewers are older. Um, their viewers are more susceptible to COVID. It is actually. Actually, I hadn't thought about that. And, yeah. and, and I don't understand what the point is of killing them because everyone on air at Fox has been vaccinated. I would put any money on it. They were vaccinated first. I'm sure they shoved little old ladies out of the way to get their vaccines first. They're all vaccinated. Mm -hmm. They're living in remote cabins. No way the corporation would allow them into that building without a Rupert vaccine. Rupert Murdoch literally got himself in four SUVs and went in a fleet to get vaccinated like he was the king of England. They're all vaccinated. And so if they're telling you not to do it. You have to ask yourself why they don't care about you and you're their base. And again, the people who are saying this, what is what is in it for them, for their own people to die? Stupid, so, first, baseless smears of the worst It's also kind. a lie. Well, that's what it's I'm also saying. A lie. I'm, it's not I'm true. Not I can specifically prove that what she just said is untrue. I am not vaccinated. Uh, I had COVID, as I've said on this show, trying to be as transparent and honest as I can. I am going to do my television show for Fox Sports on Thursday and Friday uh, from the Fox lot. I am not vaccinated. And last month, I did my show from Fox News. So uh, I will be doing shows. And, and, and that is way, that's the process. So Joy Reid, you know, haha, people are laughing. Oh, shit, everybody wants to die in there. It's not true. And it's also not true that Fox will disallow you on the on the campus if you haven't been vaccinated. I have to tell you, though, you know what is true? We've got Pure Talk here in my house, and my son is the biggest beneficiary of it. He's 13 years old, and he just got an iPhone 12 as a part of our new family uh, cell phone policy. 
and we can help. Whether you're with AT&T, Verizon, or T-Mobile, you can end up saving over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk, as already over 20,000 of you smart listeners have done. You can get unlimited talk, text plus, six gigs of data, all for just 30 bucks a month. Right now, what do you need to do from your cell phone? Dial pound 250 and say Pure Talk. And you'll save 50% off your first month. That's pound 250, say Pure Talk. Life's better with American Family Insurance. Because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is James Golden, or Boast Nerdly. I hope you're enjoying the podcast series Rush Limbaugh, the man behind the golden EIB microphone. There's a dozen episodes that will remind you of the greatness of Rush, with so many amazing stories shared. I'm your host of this series, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Tunnel to Towers Foundation and MyPillow are both sponsors. And Buck Sexton Show, I'm Buck, and... Misinformation, something we've been talking about here last few days in particular, because the White House wants social media to police it. And they also want to make sure you can't say certain things about not only covid, but elections. Right. That's that's been a big part of this all along. So on the one hand, Democrats are saying 
that we're in the era of Jim Crow 2.0. They'll say the most outrageous things imaginable about election integrity, security measures from Republicans. And they'll claim that this is all some racist plot or conspiracy to prevent minorities from voting. They'll say whatever they want. That's never somehow considered misinformation. In fact, you have none other than than Stacey Abrams, who is a national level figure now in Democrat circles, going around saying that democracy, this is a favorite phrase of the left today, democracy is under attack. Now is the urgent time for action. What happened in Texas, what's happening right now, what will happen in Ohio, what will happen in North Carolina, what will happen in Pennsylvania is not endemic to the South. It is endemic to authoritarians who do not want to see inconvenient voters cast their ballots and speak their minds. And that has to be the call to arms. This is not simply about one moment. This is about the foundations of our democracy, and they are in peril. And it's time now for every single member of the U.S. Senate, Democrats and Republicans and independents, to declare their allegiance to our democracy as opposed to their parties. The foundations, Clay, of our democracy are in peril because Republicans want voter ID for mail-in ballots, want mail-in ballots not to be sent to people who don't request them, don't want people going around collecting ballots with no chain of custody whatsoever, known as ballot harvesting and dumping hundreds at a time of ballots in a box. If if that's destroying the foundations of our democracy, I need to know what Stacey Abrams was doing when in a New York Times magazine piece on April 28th of 2019, the title is why Stacey Abrams is still saying she won. So so why is she's the big she gives us lectures about the threat to our democracy. Meanwhile, she is an election denier. She's never conceded. She lost in 2018 to Brian Kemp of Georgia by 50,000 votes, Buck. That is more than Donald Trump, under current numbers, lost the entire United States presidential election. Trump lost, based on the existing numbers right now, by 40,000 votes. Roughly 10,000 in Georgia, 10,000 in Arizona, and 20,000 in Wisconsin. That's on the current numbers that are out there right now. If you flip, as a result... 20,001-ish votes, Trump would have been reelected as president. So Trump fighting against that result undermines the very foundation of our democracy, but Stacey Abrams losing by 50,000 votes in the state of Georgia alone somehow makes her a darling of the Democratic Party, such that people talk about her as a vice presidential candidate, as a presidential candidate, and that goes to the very foundational hypocrisy of questioning the results in a close race. Can I just say that we all know there is what you would call a compelling state interest in elections being valid, fair, and open. We all should agree. I mean, I don't think the left does, but we all should agree on that. And they say things like there is no voter fraud or it doesn't really matter. And they're hoping that people don't pay attention to things like the Al Franken. Remember Senator Franken before he got canceled for the photos? And yes. Senator uh, Gillibrand of New York threw him right under totally the bus under on the that bus. one. Uh, he won a 312 
a 312 vote victory in 2008. So just that was a Senate seat. And as we know, one Senate seat can be the difference between legislation that has huge impact on the country going through or not. And, and I would add right now, Clay, there is a very there's a very serious effort. And I have to hat tip Margot Cleveland, who's a lawyer and writes for the Federalist to look at Georgia ballots. And here's what they have found. It is almost certain that thousands, they don't know how many, but thousands of people in Georgia voted outside the county of their residence. Wherever your, you know, whatever your actual residence county is, that's the only place you're allowed to vote for obvious reasons. Now, people may have, uh, people have moved, they moved to other counties, and now they've actually checked to see the registrations have shifted, so they did vote in the wrong county. And you know what, uh, the Georgia, I think Raffensperger's the guy, he's actually a Republican, they're saying, yeah, but, you know, they tried to vote in the right place. That's not the law. It's Ill- <laughs> These are illegal votes. And and thefederalist.com has been pushing this and trying to get people to pay attention. But we're at a point now where even when we find illegal votes, they're saying, well, but I mean, it was like an accident. Doesn't matter. Well, and I think what really is spurring what is, I believe, an unconstitutional attempt to federalize elections, right? We just had a major elections ruling from the Supreme Court from Arizona, 6-3 to three decision, that essentially gave massive uh, authority to states. There should be deference paid to them under uh, federal law. And so this idea of having a federal law passed, I don't believe is constitutional. But what's motivating it, Buck, is all of the precepts of normal elections were thrown out the window because of COVID. And that led to ballot harvesting. It led to mail ballots that were in no way legitimate. It led to an incredible onrush of votes that would not have counted in 2016 and probably will not count in 2024. And what happened? The Democrats barely dragged Joe Biden across the finish line. They looked at the poll results. They looked at the results and they said, oh, my God, we're going to get crushed in 22 and 24 without COVID. And they're trying to change the rules. And the great gaslighting and all of this that's happening every day is that what they told us a year ago or, you know, whatever it is now, uh, nine months. What they told us was temporary, temporary and for an emergency is now the expectation. What they told us. We, you know, couldn't talk about after the election. They were talking about before the election. And this is a great one. This is a a bunch of Democrats and hat tip, hat tip Jack Posobiec on this one. This is a bunch of Democrats in 2018 talking about voting machines, Clay, which I'm pretty it's sure you're, I mean, you say voting machines. It's like Voldemort for Harry Potter. Here you go. I continue to think that our voting machines are too vulnerable. Our researchers have repeatedly de- demonstrated that ballot recording machines and other voting systems are susceptible to tempering. Even hackers with limited prior knowledge, tools, and resources are able to breach voting machines in a matter of minutes. In 2018, electronic voting machines in Georgia and Texas deleted votes for certain candidates or switched votes from one candidate to another. The biggest seller of voting machines is doing something that violates cybersecurity 101, directing that you install remote access a software which would make a machine like that you know a magnet for fraudsters and hackers these voting machines can be hacked quite easily you could easily hack into them it makes it seem like all these states are doing different things but in fact three companies are controlling this there are a lot of states that are dealing with antiquated machines 
right, which are vulnerable to being hacked. In a close presidential election, they just need to hack one swing state, or maybe one or two, or maybe just a few counties in one swing state. Oh my gosh, Clay, I am literally shaking right now for the threat to our democracy from, I mean, you heard Kamala Harris's voice there. Now, if you, I'm telling you, everyone knows this, if you say stuff about the election on Facebook, they will shut down your account. That's right. That's right. And and that is, that's exactly why so much of this hypocrisy is complete and total BS when you actually break it down. Because every single thing those Democrats said in the wake of the 2016 election, Republicans are now saying, and it's unacceptable. What you got for us, Bob? I got a, a breaking news story. Just actually just actually tweeted it out a second ago, Clay, on those Texas Democrats. We're going we're gonna to update you. You know the ones that fled the, the brave yes. heroes who had to eat sweet green salads and stay in nice hotels in D.C. Oh, good heavens. Uh, There's something about COVID that we've got to update you on with all that. So stick around for it. And in the meantime, look, Biden can't even hide the fact anymore that inflation is real. They can tell you it's not going to get worse. But do you believe them? Because I think we should believe math. Trillions and trillions of dollars have been pumped into our economy over the last few years. What drives inflation? Monetary policy. And you've got people who are trying to spend us into oblivion calling the shots right now. That's why we're going to be at a $30 trillion national debt very soon. Bottom line, dollars in your bank account are losing value fast. So what can you do to protect your savings and retirement? I'll tell you what I did. I bought real gold and silver from the Oxford Gold Group. Not gold and silver stocks. I'm talking about real gold and silver you can hold in your hands. I buy my gold and silver from the Oxford Gold Group because I trust them. Give them a call right now, 833-404-GOLD. They'll answer all your questions and send you their investment guide. Whether you're looking to have real gold and silver delivered to you at home or have real gold and silver in your IRA or 401k, the Oxford Gold Group can help. Call the Oxford Gold Group at 833-404-GOLD. That's 833-404-G-O-L-D. Welcome back to the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Buck here. Clay and I are about to break down for you this story. It's up on BuckSexton.com. Texas Democrats virus. uh, Pelosi's fully vaccinated staff test positive for COVID is the headline. Here's what we got, Clay. A spokesperson to the House Speaker Nancy Pelosi confirmed on Tuesday that a staff member of the Speaker's team has tested positive for COVID-19 despite being fully vaccinated. Uh, this individual has had no contact with the speaker since exposure, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, let's just, we got two things here. One, these Texas Democrats, I think we're up to, is it five or six of them now who are, after their un, unmasked photo, not that masks work, but I'm just saying, they're they're getting COVID, they were all vaccinated, they've gotten positive tests anyway. So are these guys, is this like an aerial super spreader event in the making? Because if it were Republicans, you know that's what they'd call it. Oh, there's no doubt. And and let me just be crystal clear here. If you are vaccinated and or you've already had COVID, I don't understand why we're still testing people, Buck. I mean, and this has been uh, gotten a lot of attention. For instance, Boris Johnson right now is quarantining in Britain. He already had COVID and he's been vaccinated. And we've seen it happen in the world of sports, right? They had to postpone the Yankees and the, and the, uh, and the Red Sox game. Chris Paul had to sit out of a bunch of games. Uh, they had to just move a big fight between Tyson Fury and uh, and uh, Deontay Wilder. 
Why are we still the NC State baseball team wasn't able to compete for a championship? This is just an easy question because I think it's going to impact a lot of kids out there, uh, particularly as they return to school and college and high school and, and elementary school. Why are we testing all these people still, Buck? Like, I understand if you are unvaccinated and you are incredibly ill, you should go see a doctor. That needs to be uh, the treatments. But why are we still testing all of these athletes and why are we still testing all of these double vaccinated people such that they are having to quarantine all over again? That doesn't make sense to me, right? It just prolongs the COVID hysteria when the data doesn't reflect that this is necessary, right? Again, and I understand everybody can have different opinions, but to me, they have to be rooted in some form or fashion in fact. And what you and I try to do, Buck, and I think uniquely, frankly, oftentimes in the world of media, is actually let our opinions be driven in some form or fashion by what the facts on the ground say. I mean, this is all madness, right? Yeah, I mean, the, the look, the easiest thing to do when it comes to uh, the, the media is to just figure out what the the apparatus of the Democrat elites wants and just ride that wave. You could call it pulling the full stelter. You know, you just yeah. whatever, whatever they want to hear, you feed it to them. You'll get more opportunities, more exposure, more of everything. But, you know, the, the thing is, Clay, and this might this might sound a little trite, a little corny. It's more it's more uh, gratifying. You sleep better at night and you walk around feeling better about the world you're in when you actually decide you're going to speak the truth to people, whether it's about voting rights or about covid or anything else and i just find that these uh that these democrats they've there's so much here with the we're saving democracy by basically cheating the system bringing it in the state house in texas grinding it to a halt because we're being babies you know i mean this is this is Alinsky. You know, Saul Alinsky had this thing about just block the entrances or even block the bathrooms to a business to bring it to its knees these are the kind of tactics that you would expect from toddlers, although unfortunately it's effective. But in this case, the toddlers are spreading COVID too. What I think is the best choice that I ever made was one leaving the practice of law because I would have been miserable on a day-to-day basis. I know there's lawyers listening to us right now. Every lawyer has a, what would you do if you didn't have to practice law dream? Uh, not to say it's a bad profession. There's a lot of tough jobs out there. I don't think the law is necessarily one of them. But what I get to do now, Buck, is instead of whoever paid me the most money, I take their side. I get to look at all the facts and then come on every single day with you and through OutKick and say exactly what I think on a day-to-day basis. And I don't have to worry about a client or someone who's paying me to take a particular side. And it is an incredibly freeing position to be in. My wife says the reason why I would never need therapy, or at least haven't so far, is because I get three hours of therapy every day. I get to sit down, exactly say what I believe, and I don't have a lot of weight on my shoulders at the end of the day. It's an incredible asset that we have. We, I mean, I think we got the best jobs that's, in America. That's why radio is the best. I, I, you know, I, I, we both do a fair amount of TV and, and have done a lot of TV in the past. I don't know. I, I've always Radio has been my first love in media since I, I got into media 10 years ago. Wendy in Michigan has been super patient. She's been on for quite a while. I just want to bring in a couple folks. Wendy, what do you got? Hello. Hello. What's um, up, Wendy? Um, when you listen to Rand Paul, I mean, what he got kind of got falsy in a corner because it seems to me because 
he he's in trying to splice hairs over whether he funded the gain of function research. He's not denying that we funded them, the CCP, and he's also not denying that they they were the ones to um, to do the animal transaction to human research. So if he's saying that we gave him money, but yeah, he's, he's trying to say that we didn't fund it directly, even if we funded the lab. It's a, it's a good point, Wendy. I feel like Wendy just ran up a flight of stairs. By the way, to, she probably had us on speaker there. She sounded a little sounded a little winded for a second. Wendy, we appreciate say- you getting right getting right the lines. Uh, Clay, you know, we've got Senator um, Ted Cruz. I, I, I don't want to say the wrong. We've got Senator Rand Paul, I believe, tomorrow. That's right. Talking. We're going to talk about his knockdown drag out with the Fouch. Um, but we also uh, we also have Senator Ted Cruz joining us here in a few minutes. I mean, I, you know, I really want to talk the border. So we'll get into some of the crisis of the border. What's top of mind for you for the senator? I, I think that's going to be fantastic. But I also think the budget, which is crazy right now in the Senate and what in the world's going on with all these Texas state legislator members? Six of them have tested positive for COVID. What does he think about them fleeing the state? And when are they going to be back? They're with him right now in D.C. Should be a good discussion. Can't wait for that. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show continues in just a moment. Stay with us. You're listening to Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the EIB Network. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. 